Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. This is Lynn Pryor. My co-host is Chris Johnson. And Chris, we are jumping into a very significant subject today. We are. It's uh, so, so, so important that we take time annually to talk about Jesus' death and resurrection. And so we, we talked today about, uh, about the crucifixion, and it's important that we take time to do that. Right. And I think for most of our listeners, they will be doing this Bible study on what we traditionally call Palm Sunday. So this is very timely for us to do that. Uh, Joining Chris and I for this podcast is a good friend of ours, part of the Bible Studies for Life team, and that is Amber Vaden. Amber, thank you for taking the time to sit in with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. And you always have a lot you contribute to our conversation, so uh, no doubt you will have that for us today as well. So uh, today, uh, the session begins with uh, Robbie Gallaty, our author, um, talking about uh, do-it-yourself projects. Amber, are you a big do-it-yourselfer? Uh, I'm a try-it-yourselfer, uh, <laughs> which is a little different than a do it yourselfer, depending on the outcome. Uh, I can try. I can read directions. Um if they're if they're provided, that's always I do much better with that. Um, picture or words? Um, picture probably. Okay, yeah. visual then. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, Lynn, Lynn. How about you? Well, Chris. Yes, I am. But it, it goes back to when I was first married. You know, we were in seminary at the time, and you know, you don't have any money. So, if you want, if something needs to get done you're going to have to do it yourself. So it was more out of desperation. I learned to do things. I just remember the first time I hooked up a ceiling fan, literally terrified what wire goes with which wire. And now I can do it. I say I do it in my sleep. I probably shouldn't wire things in my sleep, but now it's become second nature because I do it a lot and I actually enjoy it now, now that I don't have to do it. (laughs) So uh, my, my parents are, children of the depression and they they could do it yourself anything they could fix anything they saved everything so they could make something and do stuff with it and i have no skills i got none of that ability i watch them do things and help them do things and i can't do anything and i have discovered that it helps to have the right tools and i don't have any of the right tools (laughs) it's a bad combination for me that's occasionally wrong. I'll take something on and actually pull it off. And it just always shocks my wife. And she thinks I'm so <laughs> wonderful, uh, <laughs> which means she thinks I can do the next thing. And that's not never the case. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. My wife, Chris, my wife has a way of saying this. Hey, I thought of something we can do. No, <laughs> we mean something you can do. There I you had go. to correct her multiple times. Well, if you have skills, you just have to put them to use. That's right. <laughs> that, that's that's right. what she's thinking, probably. There that's you right. go. Well, uh, Robbie Gallaty makes the point. Uh, he talks about the things that can be fixed by yourself, but then there are things that you want an expert to be the person to fix uh, a, a classic antique car or something like that. So it's, a, he really does a good job with the intro, but then he talks about the fact that there are things that we just can't fix. That's right. Uh, we can't, uh, we, 
we can't do heart surgery on ourselves uh, from a bypass perspective. But he also makes the point from a spiritual perspective that we can't fix our sin problem. And so that's a good lead in to talking about the crucifixion and, and, and our point today. Um, So talk a a little bit about the point. And then I want to say some things about uh, our culture. Okay. Well, the, as we look at Jesus's uh, crucifixion today, this is part of that study we've been in of the essentials of Christianity. We've talked about uh, our purpose, what we were created for. We've talked about our sin. Our, the, uh, the problem with humanity is our sin nature. And so this session now, as we get into the crucifixion, is we can't fix our sin problem, but Jesus can. Forgiveness is possible because Jesus died for our sins. That's what we want to focus on. So we may have talked about this a little bit last week, but um, one of the things that's interesting about the culture that we live in is forever in the church, we have just always assumed that everyone understood that we're all sinners, that that, that's uh, something we all have in common and that anybody would say, uh, would answer yes to the question, have you ever sinned or is, is there sin in your life? Are you a sinner? But the culture's changed and we can't assume that anymore. It just has been a shock to me to come to that realization that there are people in our world who think they're just perfectly fine, <laughs> that, that sin's not a problem for them. And so when we talk about an issue like this, that we can't fix our sin problems, I, I think sometimes in our Bible study uh, sessions that in our conversations, we're going to have to talk about and think about things maybe a little differently than we have in the past, especially if there are some people in our groups uh, who are not believers. And we hope that's the case. So Amber, I'm curious because you've worked with college students and young adults for a long time. Uh, That's been such a heart for your ministry. What Chris has raised, have you seen that with like college students, like really having to explain what sin is? Well, it, it just depends on, on their background. If they have some uh, faith background, if they have uh, maybe are raised in a Christian family or, or have been involved at church at some point, they know, <laughs> they do, uh, just like you or I, uh, when we sin, it's, we, we know uh, on our, we know real quick. Uh, when we've done that. Um, I think there are probably uh, others who maybe just haven't been around that, haven't um, grown up hearing any of those kinds of ideas. And I don't know that they would be quick to say, I don't sin, although they might not use that word. I I don't, I don't think people are uh, perceive themselves as perfect, but I'm not sure that they understand the context of what we're saying. Like sin is, uh, when you displease the Lord, when you go against his will and disobey. So there might be a need to just sort of, uh, unpack that a little bit. Sure. And I certainly think in our culture, what, uh, what we would consider sin, like, uh, I mean, I'm talking about specific acts, specific behaviors. A lot of people would say, well, no, that's, I know what a sin is, but that's not one of them. We want to redefine it. Culture is really working hard to do that for us. And they may think, well, sin is, is really just like murder or something that is on the extreme end of the scale. And so there could be an opportunity to really kind of clarify that a little bit. Sure. 
So what we're going to be do as, as we talk about the crucifixion, we're going to be in one of the, the Gospels as we look at the actual crucifixion of Jesus. Uh, in this particular week, we're going to be looking at John uh, John's uh, account of it, looking at John 19. And uh, we're, we're going to begin in verses 6, 8 through 11. But I just want to focus on one verse here, if I may. This is where Jesus is meeting with Pilate. And there's this conversation where Pilate says, you know, don't you realize the authority I have? And Jesus makes this great statement. You have no authority over me at all, over me at all, Jesus answered him, if it hadn't been given to you from above. And there's just an emphasis there to realize everything that's happening uh, as the, the arrest and the crucifixion of Jesus, God's still in charge. I think one of the things that a group leader will need to do is be sure to read the background and, and the verses, uh, probably start at verse in chapter 18 that begin with Jesus arrest and everything that transpired uh, for them to, um, to be able to talk about um, that statement and the significance of it. So I want to encourage uh, those of you who are group leaders to t please take the time to do a little background, read, the, read those verses, uh, chapters before, so that you know uh, all of the things that are going on. And you'll, you may want to take some time to explain that to the people in your group uh, at, before you get into the comment that uh, Lynn just made. Yeah, I think this is... Um Gosh, it's such a rich chapter. There's a lot. So yes, if you have an extra little bit of time this week and can look at that a little bit, it, it will go far in your discussion. Um, if you have uh, some people who have studied Isaiah 53 uh, and have questions about that a lot, there are several places in John 19 that really show a fulfillment of what was prophesied in Isaiah 53. If you remember, that is the, um, well, it starts in 52, but the passage about Jesus being uh, the suffering servant and some prophecies of what what will take place. And then in John 19, we see the fulfillment. So that's really kind of interesting. If if there's a time uh, in your discussion to bring that in, um, specifically here, verse 7, Isaiah 53, 7, um, in John 19, Jesus doesn't really um, fight for his innocence much, like verbally, uh, because he was, it was, that was not the Lord's will. And so uh, we see in Isaiah 53, 7, it says he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter and like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. So there, there is an opportunity there to connect that to this Isaiah passage. Um, if you haven't, if you have time for that, and if maybe you have an interest or someone in your group raises their hand and says, Hey, doesn't this connect to Isaiah 53? It does. Uh in in chapter eighteen, there's the, the the after the arrest, they they go to the, the to the high priest and and um, you know about Jesus' response to um, the accusations they're made against is why are you why are you accusing me why don't what did why are you doing this in secret why don't you ask the people who heard me teach and who heard, heard me share and uh, that they can they could give testimony uh, to the things I've said and to who I am. Uh, when when they actually take Jesus to Pilate, um, it's because uh, they are limited. They they do not have the authority. That word authority again comes into play. Lynn, 
they don't have the authority to to carry out capital punishment according to their law and relationship with the Romans. And so they needed Rome to uh, put that stamp of approval and make that happen. So they they appeal to Pilate and um, uh, Pilate's words to, to Jesus are about, are you a king? Is that who you are? And the, the issue of blasphemy is important for us to know that, again, culturally, there'll be people who will say Jesus was a great teacher, but he never he never claimed to be God or never claimed to be the son of God. Well, the Jewish leaders understood exactly what Jesus said and exactly what he taught um, and that that he was claiming to do things um, that only God could do. Uh, I, I thought about the miracle of Jesus healing the paralytic man whose friends brought him and let him down through the roof. And uh, Jesus saw their faith and said to the, the man on, on the uh, uh, pallet, uh, your sins are forgiven and the religiously, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And uh, the religious leaders look at each other and go, who is this guy? What is he doing? He's, he's claiming to do something only God can do. And Jesus said, knew their thoughts and said, so that you understand that I know exactly who you are and what you're thinking and that I have the authority to do this, uh, to forgive sins. And uh, so he said to the man, get up, uh, rise, take up your bed and walk and healed him. So, um, from the very beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, the, the religious leaders, I think, clearly understood that Jesus was claiming to be God, claiming to do things that only God could do. And I think that was a part of the tension and the, the conflict between them. And Jesus claims to have this a power, this authority to do this. And uh, then he says to Pilate, Lynn, to your point, uh, you, you only have the authority to do this because it's, it's been, uh, uh, God's given you this. Uh, so it's, it's really a significant play and it kind of goes full circle in this passage. Right. And, and when you think about this, it's all under God's authority. Yet what Jesus is about to go through is it just phenomenal. Yet that was all part of God's plan for this cruel crucifixion. When you, when you get into, uh, as you continue in John 19, we skip down to verse 16 where they took Jesus away and he carried the cross by himself. He went to a place called the place of the skull. Um, and and I, uh, what I love here is, is verse 18. There they crucified him. There in this, those four words, there they crucified him. That's a powerful statement. It's all that went on through that crucifixion. Now, Jesus, now John doesn't really go into details about what the crucifixion entailed. But he didn't need to because his audience, those his first readers, they understood exactly how cruel uh, and uh, how much of a punishment a crucifixion was. Yeah, I appreciated what uh, Robbie Gallaty did in, in giving that explanation of the physical torment and the torture that was a part of what happened to the person who was being crucified. I thought he did a really, really good job with that. Um, it, it seems like in our um, in, in my lifetime, uh, we've, I've, I've heard those things and then it's like, it's like people back away from it and don't want to talk about it. Um, then we give it, we, we do it dramatically, but it still doesn't have the impact, uh, of, of hearing exactly like the kind of things that, um, that Robbie Callity described. So, um, I've just kind of, it, it's, it's been all over the map from a, from a church and, 
Christian perspective, uh, there will probably be people again sitting in groups that never heard any of those kind of descriptions about the torture of of a crucifixion. So those are good words to 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 point to uh, in this session. Yeah, I would say even though verse eighteen is super succinct. <laughs> Right. Uh, it is it is very concise. Um, it, this this might be a good uh, a good one if your group um, memorizes a, a scripture passage every week or every month, something like that. This would be um, a real simple verse to memorize, uh, just to because it's so significant and and honestly, in just one tiny little sentence, is the bedrock of our faith. Um, and the opportunity we have uh, to be forgiven of our sins. And so it is It is a, a very simple verse, but it is so powerful. I don't know if this article is, is out there, but several years ago, I read an article uh, in the Journal of American, uh, Journal of the American Medical Association. And, and you know, Chris, I read that all the time. But I, <laughs> but I stumbled across this article and it was written by a, a physician describing what happens to a person when they're crucified. And it, it was, it's gut-wrenching. And, and then so several years, uh, a few years after that, we had at our church, we had a doctor, he was an orthopedic surgeon, and he took our Sunday school classes as a surgeon and walked us through what happens to a body. It is phenomenal to think how cruel and how vicious a crucifixion is to a person. Uh, it's Wow. And Jesus suffered that for us. Uh, it's just amazing. It is. So what we, what we want to see with this, this is kind of where we're wrapping up our studies. We continue through John 19. We want to see that what Jesus did, his death, completed the work that was necessary for our salvation. And what he went through, this cruel, cruel crucifixion was for us. Uh, this is in verse 28. After this, Jesus knew that everything was now finished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. He said, I'm thirsty. Jar of sour wine was sitting there. They fixed a sponge full of sour wine. They gave it to him. And then in verse 30, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Everything was done for us. And we are grateful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Galatee makes the point that when Jesus said, I'm thirsty, <laughs> it was because he was thirsty. Uh, he had uh, obviously dehydrated because of everything that he had gone through from uh, being arrested, being beaten, uh, just all of the horrors of, of the uh, of, of those experiences. Um, but he also makes the comment that this also pointed to fulfillment of prophecy found in, in Psalm 22 and Psalm 69. I think most of us are f familiar with Jesus words on the cross. That is Psalm 22 one, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in uh, that culture, when you reference, when you said the first verse, like if you said the Lord is my shepherd, people knew that you were talking about the whole Psalm, right? Uh, in this case, they, those who heard this would go, Oh, that's Psalm 22. And if you look at Psalm 22, it is a graphic uh, description of some of the things that Jesus experienced as he was crucified on the cross. 
Um, so it's, it's, it's really interesting to know that he was not just stating an obvious fact physically, but that he was pointing to the fulfillment of those prophecies as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another verse that I think is, you almost can't study this without studying this other one is Hebrews 10, 10. Uh, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. So uh, for what Jesus did then oh, is for all time. Uh, it does not have to be repeated. Uh, it can't be repeated by anyone um, because we're not the son of God. And so only he could have done it. Um, and so that, that verse, I think, gives a lot of comfort and a lot of um, just encouragement <laughs> uh, when we when when we fail and when we sin. Um, that I think Hebrews ten ten is a good place to to go to. One of the questions that uh, is asked in most of our guides uh, is this question: What emotions do you experience when you think about Jesus' crucifixion? And it may be one of those feeling kind of questions that's very, very appropriate for uh, uh, our groups to consider as as they look at the cross and and see exactly what Jesus experienced uh, when he died on the cross for our sins. Well, folks, thank you for taking the time to uh, to share Lynn and, and Amber. Um, this is an important time. Uh, this again, like Amber said, this is, this is the, the heart of what we believe. This is kind of bedrock for us. Um, so it's important that we talk about Jesus crucifixion and next week we'll talk about and celebrate his resurrection as well. So we want you all who are listening to the podcast to know that we are praying for you and we appreciate the fact that you have listened to this podcast. Hope this has been helpful to you as you begin Uh, head toward Holy Week and begin to think about all of the events of the cross and um, uh, all of the events leading up to it and the resurrection. And uh, we pray that God's spirit will be at work in your group as you, as you gather this week. Uh, Amber, you're going to talk a little bit. I think you and Lynn both are going to talk a little bit about the product that you work on. And then Amber, you have a teaching tip uh, for those uh, who are listening, who are, who are, facilitating group. So if you are a group leader, please take, stay with us just a few more minutes so you can uh, hear a little more uh, from Amber. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just, uh, what Amber is going to talk about is, uh, well, we have two resources Bible study groups use. Well, one we call a personal study guide, but Amber leads the team that does the, the other one that's called the daily discipleship guide. And it's a guide to guide us to have discipleship on a daily basis. That's where the name came from, Chris. Daily. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but uh, I, I love, excuse me, I love this resource just because of its, it's a very unique approach. So Amber, take us, uh, just take a moment and tell us about the Daily Discipleship Guide. Sure. So uh, just like the personal study guide, it includes uh, some pages in there for each uh, each week's session, uh, it has it's shorter so that what what you do with your group, your discussion time, it's all there on like two pages. It's super easy for them to follow where you are in the scripture, what you're um, studying, 
and and then the wrap up. So it's I think it's just a little simpler in some aspects for your actual group discussion time. And then for, you know, when everybody goes home the next five days, there are five daily devotions that kind of dig into what you all just studied. So it carries it on. It lets you kind of camp out in some of those verses and really um, uh, learn a little bit more and uh, and study those. And then and, and that happens after your group time. So we, you, you get together and you talk first and then the the guide reinforces the things that you talked about um, in your Bible study time. Correct. Yep. Uh huh. Yes. OK. And I think one thing to be aware of, too, is that we have this in the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB, but we've also added a King James Version. Uh, So actually, you can use both of them in the same group if you have some that just prefer the the language of the uh, King James. Uh, You can use it that way. Sure. Uh, We also have an ebook version. uh, And the reason I I mentioned the ebook is because I think this is ideal. The Daily Discipleship Guide is ideal in an ebook format because of the devotions. Uh, I may forget to have my book with me, but if I have my phone where I keep my eBooks, I can just be reading it there where I am in the middle of the day or whenever I plan to spend time with the Lord. I think that's a very easy, convenient way to do that. Thank you. Lots of options. Thanks for providing that for us. So why don't you inspire us with a wonderful teaching tip? Okay. (laughs) So if you're leading a group, one uh, incredible tool that we have, we uh, have this thing called the leader pack and it is digital. It is also a print version. You can choose one or the other, but for this particular um, session, we have a map of, um, we have a map that you can use in your teaching and it is of uh, Jesus's Last week, it it has like nine different uh, events and it shows on the map where they happen. Um, And I think it just it's very useful to give just a visual context of where some of these events are happening uh, and also to understand uh, a lot of times people in our group, they'll come and they'll know some other parts of John 19, but this will help them kind of connect the dots on what they know uh, and how it, how it relates to what we're studying today, like both time-wise, but also in in importance. Uh, So that's helpful. If you do not have the leader pack, there are um, a lot of Bibles I have noticed will include uh, a map of, um, of this and you could you could totally use that or ask people to open it in their own bibles there's there's lots of options there but i think this is just a good opportunity to use the map and amber one thing if people are interested uh and they don't have the pack with that man i love to use this but there's no way i can get a pack this week if you will go to extra which is biblestudiesforlife.com slash adult extra just click on the um this this particular session that we're we're on Essentials of Christianity. And you'll see down there as you scroll down something that says free visuals. Uh, Click on that and you will see a sample, a sample pack item, but the pack item you will see will be the one that Amber just referred to, the map. Awesome. Thanks, Lynn.
Yeah. So again, uh, thank you, Amber, for taking time to be with us today and sharing with us. Lynn, thanks for leading our, our conversation. And as always, we're grateful for those of you who are listening to this podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to do this and hope it's been beneficial to you and hope that it'll be helpful to you as you uh, gather with a group of believers to talk about uh, the crucifixion of Christ this week. God bless you as you uh, go into this Holy Week experience.